Welcome to MCS Pentecost, Pentecostal podcasts about theology and life in the Spirit, featuring both scholars and practitioners. MCS Pentecosts are produced by Masters College and Seminary in Ontario, Canada. I'm Peter Newman, Assistant Academic Dean of Masters Pentecostal Bible College. This is Peter Newman, Assistant Academic Dean of Masters Pentecostal Bible College in Peterborough, Canada. This Pentecost is Part 2 of Dr. Van Johnson's interview with Rev. Luciano Lombardi on his book, A New Humanity, A Walk Through the Letter of Ephesians. This interview was recorded on April 25, 2014, in Toronto, Canada. Absolutely. Okay, okay, great. So, um, you said it a couple minutes ago, you, you didn't use church terminology, you used God's community terminology. Yes. Uh, that's, uh, that's a regular repetition in, in, uh, in the commentary? You, you stay away from church language? Yeah, I, I actually never ever use the word church. Oh, okay. And let me explain a little bit why. Um, and, and it's, I mean, I, I believe in the church. I've, I spent my, my career serving the church. I just think that we've lost the essence of what the word means from that early first century community. When you look at Ecclesia and you look at the meaning, it's the ones that gather together. It's the simple collective statement that identified a community. And I wanted to, re- I wanted to reflect that, especially in my translation. So rather than use church, which actually conjures up a lot of things for each, every one of us, um, our whole our whole own personal history in church. And I wanted to refrain from people having that conjured up as they were reading so that they could keep their eyes on the fact that Paul here, Paul here is, is showing an ideal picture of what this community that gathers around this God should look like, should be, should behave, should reflect, should join God and participate with God in. And I, and I felt that God's community really captured that. Uh, I think when Paul uses Ecclesia, when those early writers use Ecclesia, they're talking about God's community. Uh, and let's not forget that these guys are Jewish. These guys have, in their mind, have lived out uh, the stories of being God, called God's people. And, and in that sense as we travel from the Old Testament into the New Testament, what we're seeing is that these writers being Jewish, Jesus is expanding their view of this Jewish community hmm. and helping them realize that this community now has been expanded. You know, Paul's right. encounter right. Of, of Jesus right. on Damascus. Right. This is not, you know, Jesus essentially saying to Paul, this is not a Jewish thing, Paul. Right. This is a, this is a humanity thing. Mm-hmm. And I want you to understand that. And I think that's where Paul's coming from. You know, that whole chapter 2, Jew and Gentile. He took the ones that were far away, yeah. the ones that were close. And it's interesting he says the ones that are close because, ironically, the ones that are close were also far away in terms of grasping this part, uh, this part that becomes so central in Jesus until it became very plain to them uh, post-resurrection. So um, that, that's, really, that's really what I'm seeing there. Okay, well, 
now it makes much more sense to me why you didn't try to probe what uh, kind of structure was suggested by a five-fold office. You're seeing this much more organically. That's your approach. Absolutely. So the, the systems that start to emerge in the early church and have only blossomed in more recent history are not your issue. You're trying to get back to um, how uh, the early community has not yet found a set pattern, but it's, it's a vision not so much of uh, structure but inclusion. Exactly. And so your um, your title a new uh, humanity, okay. So you're, you're stick handling uh, between uh, a reformed reading. You're trying to stay away from certain Pentecostal issues mm-hmm. that have caused us to drop into Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Um, did your Pentecostalism uh, influence your commentary, or have you tried to at all then, or have you tried to stay away from a, a confessional approach to try to to be as as neutral as you possibly can. Yeah, I I've always I've always approached my biblical study trying to be neutral. I know that we can't completely. So rather than rather than read in my Pentecostalism into Ephesians, I did the best I could to try and be as objective and let Paul speak. Uh, but ultimately, I am a Pentecostal. So, you know, as I was reading through the letter, I mean, you can't help, you can't help but realize for Paul how pivotal the Spirit is. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, for Paul, in some ways Paul is very black and white. And he's black and white in this, in terms of how do we live the life of faith. And for Paul, it's really this simple. It's either according to the flesh or according to the Spirit. It's the two designations that Paul uses that are so clear in every letter that he writes. Um, and, and he alters them, you know, in terms of how he... Sometimes he says, you know, in, in or by the Spirit and in yep. that language. But, yep. but basically, yep. basically, it's pretty consistent. For Paul, according to the flesh, is living like God's not there. Jesus never came. Okay. We, we just live according to, you know, our, 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 our fallen humanity, our less-than-human humanity. But... When the Spirit, when we live in the Spirit, or by the Spirit, and in fact Paul says this very clearly in Ephesians, that in order to be God's community, it has to be done according to the Spirit. Um, you see it very clearly. You know, I, I often, it gets, there's, I guess there's a little bit of humor in Paul when he tells them, he has to tell them, and I always remind myself, he's writing to the Holy Ones, he has to tell them, you know, don't get drunk on wine, yeah, yeah. but get filled with the Spirit. Right, right. And I think that language really has to do with what do you want to influence you? Do you want strong drink to influence huh. you so you, 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 know, you make bad choices and you behave in a less than human way? Or do you want to be filled by the Spirit and live in the fullness out of that? That then Paul starts to describe, you know, when when we come together, we offer, we offer songs, we offer spiritual songs, we offer a hymn, we offer uh, our heart, our thanks, thankfulness. We bring music together and we celebrate. Um, that to me is very real, because as a Pentecostal, I understand that. I understand the power of the Spirit. Hmm. In, in, in our life, so I, mm. so I guess, and, and and we're becoming, I guess, as a movement, we're becoming 
consistently less holiness focused and more trying to discover our Pentecostalism in the you know our emerging culture you know there's some of the holiness stuff that just doesn't exist anymore in our practice but the spirit stuff we just can't we just always remind ourselves we don't want to lose that part and I think that's the spirit empowerment that is what Paul has realized as he's come to Christ had the vision of Christ on the road to Damascus Jesus appears to him and Paul begins to make sense of the fact that he thought he was doing God's will and he wasn't God says you're doing it all wrong Paul actually misunderstood me mm -hmm. Saul mm -hmm. Saul you've misunderstood me mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting just in in the two names right Saul Saul yeah. means you know the one who's prayed over the one the one who the hand of the yeah. Lord is over and you know uh, is covered by him and Paul you know the the least the humble one mm -hmm. um, Paul you didn't it's like Jesus appearing to Paul and saying Saul you really didn't get it you didn't get what I'm about this is what I'm about and it changed his world uh, in fact it 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 did what the New Testament writers say it, it it created metanoia it changed the way he saw things because he encountered Jesus and and I think what changed was this this the spirit part which becomes so strong in Paul and you see it in Ephesians we can't be God's community that lives out of out of the Trinitarian relationship that we're drawn into by Jesus on our own we can't do it in the flesh it, it has to happen when we let the Spirit do this in our community. Now, what that looks like, Paul goes into detail. You know, it, it, it talks about a sense of openness to the Spirit so that we watch our language, so that... And, and, and I honestly think, as I'm thinking through this, talking to you on, on this Pentecost, is that even those leadership roles that he identifies in Chapter 4 are all functions of the fact that the spirit does work in the community through the leadership through the people that belong to create a level of maturity where that we can live out of the love that was made so clear by Jesus himself so you know you get those wonderful images Paul says be light don't be darkness be light that is can only happen uh, by the spirit Yep. So I, I think that that comes clear in Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, interesting that you mentioned, and thanks for a bit of an explanation of how you would handle Paul's only reference to being filled with the Spirit. That's very much Lucan language, right? Yeah. So here's his one reference to being filled with the Spirit. Don't be and and the only way we can get at the content of it because he doesn't go on to explain exactly what he means mm -hmm. by something that sounds so charismatic except to say mm -hmm. well the opposite would be being drunk with wine so here's here's one here's Paul's one comment as such on something that's almost become a a commonplace for any Christian to right. describe their Christianity oh yeah I'm filled with the spirit right so, in, in Pauline terminology, if I heard you right, you said, look, let, let's think of this as influence, right? This idea of being filled with the Spirit is what's controlling you, what's influencing you, yeah. is the presence of the Spirit 
yeah. as opposed to how alcohol might alter, might direct you, might influence you. That's 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 very well, interesting. Well, it sounds like it sounds like Paul is saying this is cultivation language. What do you want to cultivate? Do you want to do you want to cultivate a lifestyle that comes out of and and again, this is first century Roman culture. Yeah, and it's ironic how it's not so different from ours. Young people right. in that culture reveling in the drinking of wine, right, and going down to the Tiber River in Rome, and you know, uh, getting up to no good. Yeah, uh, this is consistent with with what we see uh, in our own culture. So, it's it's what do you want to cultivate? And what I'm seeing okay. here is Paul talking about you. We can cultivate life in the spirit. We can cultivate. Being influenced by the spirit. Yeah, this, this is very good. Okay, so uh, on the back cover, you uh, you mentioned that this book is helpful for identifying purpose and destiny. Mm-hmm. So, so, what do you mean? What I mean is that when you read Ephesians and you realize this is Paul's last letter, manifesto, so to speak, yep. his last words to the church at large that he hopes gets read by everyone. What you realize is that the first thoughts he decides to write about is God. Not us, God. Mm -hmm. A real true biblical anthropology has to of necessity start with God. Otherwise, there's no healthy anthropology from our perspective. So when when you get the vision what you get is a very personable explanation of who God is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This God is not just God in the generic sense. Uh, he, he's not God like the pagan gods. He's not God like uh, the Roman Emperor has established himself as, as God. And at this point, there, you know, there was veneration of the, of the Emperor as a God. This God is Father. In fact, Actually, the Roman emperors talked about their emperorship as a fatherhood of the empire. And I don't know if Paul was intentionally saying this or not, but Paul right. calls him father. Right. So, when you read the language and you realize that Paul is painting the picture of God this way, and then saying that this God, before the foundations of the world were ever created, chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless. This is this is language. This is this is language of intent. You see, the, here's where I think a reformed a reformed framework doesn't truly say what Paul says here, because predestination kind of gives the idea that God is you know God's the chess player and he's just moving the men on the table, and the men on the table think they're doing their own thing, but God is really working behind it. What you're actually seeing here is something different, and I think it's relational language. And it comes out of their Jewish ethos that is very rich in the early Christian tradition. And it's this, that this God truly behaved like a father. He thought long and hard about what we would be in terms of creating us. And not only that, anticipates what would happen to the creation as he contemplates creating it. So much so that he makes a way for us through Christ, his son, 
to find our way back to him, even before he ever creates. So evil undermining the creation is not then a surprise from what Paul tells us. It was actually anticipated, it was actually thought of. This is father behavior, isn't it? This is... This is, uh, this is in keeping with the inheritance language Paul's going to use later in the chapter. Right. That yep. this God yep. sets aside. He, he lovingly marks out beforehand is the language I use as I translate that passage. He lovingly set, sets aside beforehand. Marks off beforehand. He's planned it all. He has made sure that he's not going to lose the human race. Now... Sometimes I get criticized when I talk this way of being universalist in my view, but I'm not. God has a universal intent here. It's, it's, it's the human race he's after. The sadness of God's heart is that he's going to lose some because of this. So not universalist in that everyone eventually will it's be gonna saved, make it. but it's a universal appeal. Intent. Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. the, the price of the sacrifice of Jesus was for the human race. Otherwise, it just becomes cheap, and it just becomes selective, and it just becomes for a few. So, you ask me, you know, why do I say purpose and destiny? Because that story gives us our identity. I see. Right? That's, you know, that's where we began. We began in the heart of the Father before the world began. He thought of us then. And that becomes really profound. Yeah. It becomes profound for every human being. It becomes an evangelistic point, doesn't it? Right. A point of evangelism. We can tell people this is who God is. And what a wonderful picture then Paul paints for us in chapter 1 of who this God actually is. And I think when you see it play out in the first three chapters, then because you understand your identity, then you know your destiny. And your destiny is is that, you know, God wants you. in my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to make you a place there. This is this is the Jesus language in chapter mm-hmm, two sure. of, of of Paul's Ephesians letter. Sure, uh, there's a place for us, right? We belong to Him. We've always belonged to Him. He made us. He wants us back. He wants to recover the creation. He wants to recover the humanity. Um, so really, that's where I'm coming from with it. Well, it's just, this has been a very good conversation. I think we've given uh, everyone a good chance to to want to read the commentary. Mm-hmm. Again, not uh, nothing that would frighten you about this, whatever level you're trying to access this. Mm-hmm. A New Humanity, A Walk Through the Letter of Ephesians by uh, Luch Lombardi. It's been very helpful. Thanks for your time, man. Thank Appreciate you. it very much. Thank Look you. forward to uh, talking to you again about... Um, the next topic that you write about. Absolutely. Bless you. Thanks, man. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of MCS Pentecasts, podcasts produced by Master's College and Seminary. MCS Pentecasts are available online at mcs.edu and also through iTunes Podcasts. Master's College and Seminary offers biblical, theological, and practical courses from a Pentecostal perspective at both undergrad and graduate levels. For more information on graduate courses offered through Master's Pentecostal Seminary in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, visit mpseminary.com. For undergrad courses at Master's Pentecostal Bible College in Peterborough, Canada, 
please visit mcs.edu.